Welcome to the Face It Podcast. I'm Amy Lloyd. And I'm Amanda Lloyd. And we are here to have conversations with amazing people who have faced major life challenges or adversity head on. My mom and I hope their stories inspire you and offer relatable solutions that you can use in your life too. So So join join us and let's face it together. Okay, Amanda, here we are for part Two. Two. We're doing it. Yeah, We're doing my mom's second half. Who knows? Maybe there will be the third. <laughs> we don't know. We we did have a couple questions. Well, we had more than a couple. We had quite a few questions. We will address a, two or three yeah. before we launch into the second I think part. so, too. We decided that makes the most sense is to we we got a ton of questions that came in after the first episode. If we address them throughout, it'll be a bit disjointed. So um, we hope you go back and listen to the first one um, in case these same questions came up for you. If there are more, let us know. I will start with one of them. Mom. Uh, somebody asked us. So my mom had mentioned that she had a lamb when she was told that she was adopted um her birth mother had given a lamb with her and somebody asked us where that lamb is today oh i didn't know you were gonna ask that one i'm just kidding um i still have that lamb it has moved with me everywhere that we've gone and i just moved my stuff up from little cottage in Hermosa Beach up here and in storage. So it's actually in storage right now, but it will be on usually on your altar. No, it's usually (laughs) is on display though. I have that still. Got it. I knew she still had it. I wasn't sure where it was either. Um, Next question. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with, there are a few questions surrounding this, but I think a lot of people listening to your story are going to, wonder at 12 years old um going through all of that what kind of kept you up at night if you remember what was your biggest kind of fear when you were pregnant Mm. well that's a good question i mean i hate to use this term but i did do say you know ignorance is bliss i probably already said that in part one so honestly okay I would say it was pleasing my, trying to please my family. Yeah. And like I said before, being caught in the middle, that was the worry because it was a constant struggle of like, what is going to happen and how can I make everyone happy and like go unscathed myself, right? So I think that would be what I would I would agree even listen. I mean, you're in your own head, but from listening to our first part, that's exactly what Mm. you said. Mm -hmm. And at 12, like you said, ignorance is bliss. So it's not, you didn't know what to expect. So what came wasn't as shocking, not that it didn't hurt you, but at the same time, that's all you were worried about is pleasing everyone. And they were like playing tug of war with each other too. Yeah. So that, that is what comes forward for me for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
there was a question about um, my dad and it says, what was going on with your relationship with him when you were pregnant and were you still quote unquote together? I think I kind of touched on this um, because I knew how long you guys dated, but what was happening while you were pregnant? Well, we were technically, and I do say in quotes also, and that that question came in quotes, um, we were still together technically, you know, get as much as you can be at that point. And then um, for a year and a half after you were born. So for three years total. Yeah. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Right. And then I know I've asked my mom kind of how it ended. It is really weird because that's just a young age to mm-hmm. even have some type of what serious relationship. Um, but I asked you how it ended, which I think you- it ended because I got really involved in school and, you know, again, yeah. thank God my family was so supportive and and I'll be candid. He met, he had another child really young. So he met Justin, my brother's mom too. Yeah. Soon and, after. And, uh, right. And I was able to try out and make the dance team and all that. And so my life was going in a different direction. Thank God. And his was going in the same yeah, sort of direction. So different focuses. anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's such a, it's, I, I guess it's good to, to address because I don't really think about that at all anymore you know obviously I know to me it's like it's weird I don't think about it either and I don't think about my mom being in like I guess this typical quote-unquote relationship that you think about when you're an adult Mm -hmm. and then you're like where's the dad but you know all Mm -hmm. this stuff how was your relationship it wasn't really like that it wasn't the priority do you want um, me to ask one of the ones that I have? Yes. So we also had, which I think is really important. And so I'm glad this one came in. Um, didn't you have sex education? Like, why did this happen? How did you not know what was going on? And the answer, the short answer is no. There was no sex education. I remember at one point there was a class that we had to talk about the your your the menstrual cycle for the girls and they had the boys go in another room and that was the extent of it. I don't, no one ever discussed sex or getting pregnant, uh, nothing like that. And I come from, um, a mother who's a very strict Catholic woman, who's not also going to even imagine that's going on. Right. So unfortunately there really was no education around it, which is, hopefully it's a little bit better now. We, Amanda and I were talking about this earlier, but um, not as good as it should be and could be, and which is another reason that we launched Face It Today is because there's nothing really to impart confidence and in, 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 in empower youth in who they are and before they make life-altering decisions. And I still don't think sex education is as good as it could be. I agree with you. Yeah. And I don't think that kids... Um, feel like they have a space to ask any question they want to, to get realistic answers Mm -hmm. and for them to be honest and open about anything that they would have to ask. I feel like that's what's most important is having an open forum. And I still don't feel like children have that today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're still finding out themselves or through their friend group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I'll ask one more before we dive in, because I think the other ones will come up organically. Um, Someone asked... I shouldn't say someone because it's interesting since we put this episode out, mm-hmm. even some of my best friends since third grade don't know all these details. 
I know. I should say that that's the, probably the most questions we got were people that know my mom the most. And the best. it's really interesting because I'm like, wow, because we really don't ever talk about all the details. And even, you know, my sister Amanda's aunt was over here earlier and asked the same thing. She's like, I didn't know all this stuff. Because again, you just don't know all the details. So. No. And like I said, in the first episode, it's a genuine comment when to my mom and I, this was normal. This was not weird. I people ask me that too. It's like, well, what, what, how old were you when you realized your mom was young or something like that? That's the and, question. Yeah. So it went right, that was the question. Yeah. That was the question. And it's, it's, I didn't really, to be honest. I guess I could say later on, like middle school, when my guy friends started realizing my mom was pretty and good looking. <laughs> and that's when I started hearing it because you don't hear that about a lot of parents. But mm -hmm. outside of that, totally 100% normal to me. It was never, I didn't see my friend's parents and be like, why does my mom look so much younger? Or like, I did everything. I think the only thing that sometimes would stand out is that my dad wasn't around mm, really mm -hmm. um if i'm being honest because you do see those families with the full the nuclear family. exactly mm -hmm. yeah so i would say that was more obvious and not even his age either it was just that he was i didn't have a dad you had a single exactly mother i didn't yeah. have a father figure around but having a single mother yeah it was nothing different than having a mother to me you know and i guess i had that instinct for you too because you just I'm, I'm your mom. It doesn't matter. And even people today that don't see me in that role, like new friends, don't know me as having, as raising a child. So when they meet Amanda and she calls me mom, it's like, wait, what? I know. <laughs> and so, but for Amanda, it's just always, and for any kid, it's like your mom is your mom and your dad is your dad, right? So you're not really thinking it's true. And that's a good point, mom. I feel like other people have made it more obvious or more of a big deal because mm. we do, we'll be out in public even now. And it's a little irritating because people ask questions you would never ask anybody in person or ever that's really. And so, yeah. So mm. I'll call my mom, mom out in public because she's my mom and people <laughs> will be like, did you just say mom? How old were you when you had her? How old are you guys? And it's like, you would never ask anybody those questions <laughs> normally. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, we still appreciate the questions and it's, you know, again, good to talk about everything and interesting the questions that have come up. So yes, keep them coming. We're happy. I like that to address them before we kind of jump in yeah, to, to part two. our next guest or to part two or yes. And we were talking about having, you know, someone join us in this conversation, but um, maybe we'll do that another time. But I think we left off right when we moved to California. We did. Actually, we talked about my mom graduating from Eastern Washington University. She talked briefly about her degree, and I think we left off there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, I think we should dive into how my mom knew she wanted to go to California. Mm. But literally the day after she graduated, we packed up our tiny little car mm -hmm. and drove down to California, mm -hmm. not knowing where we would end up. So I want to hear background on how you made that decision, mom, mm. why California, and then we can go from there. Okay. I was 10, by the way, when we made this move, almost mm -hmm. 11. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Uh, I think I had a fascination with California since I was five. Um, because I knew from my parents that my birth mother lived in California, you know, and so I think I romanticized it quite a bit. And then when I went to college, I also learned very quickly because I knew I wanted to work in advertising as I, as I determined when I was in high school. And so 
I learned quickly, you need to be in that city if you want to get a job. So I wasn't going to move us to New York City, right? So I thought, okay, we can go to Los Angeles. We can go to California. And so I actually ended up going there. I had a girl's trip when I was 21 and we went on a, a cruise with my friends, my lifelong friends. And um, we ended up staying a night in Manhattan beach when we finished that cruise. And I knew in a second, that's where we were going to go. I that's just, crazy. I, I knew. I didn't even know that. I knew you about didn't? the cruise. I knew that you went on the cruise. Did it leave out a long beach? Is that why yeah. you were by? Okay. Cause there's a hub, there's a cruise hub there for those people that are listening. Yeah. And so um, we stayed a night in Manhattan beach one of Alicia's friends, Megan, lived there and we were able to stay in her space. And I, again, it was, you know, I have these, we all have these epiphanies in life, I believe. I have had probably a, a, a number of epiphanies I could count on one hand that are mm -hmm. so clear. And that's one of them for sure. So, so you had to be there. I just knew it. Yeah. I knew that's where we were yeah. going to be. And so anyway, so that's it. So then, yes, the day after I walked through, you know, graduation, we packed up the little Toyota Tercel and to the hilt, to the... Yeah, it was full <laughs> to the brim. Oh my goodness. And we moved down. I had a friend there in Redondo Beach that was still going to be there for about a few more weeks before moving to New York. And so we were able to stay there while I looked for a place for us to live. I remember that we had passed, I think we got all the way to Seal Beach, not that far from Redondo Beach. And then we reached out to Adam, my mom's friend that was there. And it was like, oh, you're in Redondo. So we went back to Redondo and we stayed in Redondo Beach for 15 oh, years. Oh yeah, that's where we landed. Yes. Yeah. So, But people, yeah, they always ask me like, how'd you guys choose that? Mm. And and so now I know more oh, about yeah, the I cruise knew. story. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that uh, my mom had had a friend there that kind of made us like, at least stop there and then fell in love with it too. Well, no, that was, we were definitely going there. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. And then, um, that was, yeah. So that was the move to California. And then I knew I needed to get a job in advertising. So I started looking right away. Cause when we moved, you did not have a job. No, yet. I didn't have a job because okay. I kept being told that you need to be in the city before you can get a job. You need to show that you're committed to being there. And obviously the landscape is different now, which we could talk about later and in other episodes, but then it's like, you, you need to be there. And I thank God had a really strong work ethic. You know, I had started working when I was very young. I can't remember if we talked about that or not in the first part. I'm I'm only going to laugh for our listeners because I'm looking at you like we're think, talking about taco time because we drive by taco time every <laughs> single every single day and she worked there when she was 15 so i'm not sure if that's what you're talking about yeah i mean i started working when i was 15 yeah. I still, <laughs> and that's why man is laughing because i'm like uh, i've worked since i was 15 but anyway walked uphill both ways yes in the snow <laughs> um so i started there were temp companies at the time and they would give you get temp work for you. And so I went to them so that I could get temp work while I looked for a job in my industry. And that company, I remember the name career quest. I can't believe I remember the name, but they were so amazing to me that they actually hired me to work there at the temp company until I found a job in advertising. So it really That's was a awesome. blessing the entire way 
through, yeah. you know, of the people that we met and that were so helpful. Um, and then I did get my first job working in radio and I became an assistant, um, at cats radio and I learned very quickly that I didn't want to be an assistant that I wanted to be selling. I wanted to be like the account executives that I was working for. Yeah. So I, um, really pushed very hard to do that. And so within a year I was able to do that, but I had to move to a different company. And were you able to do that with anybody's mentorship? Like did one of yes. those account executives kind of take you under their wing? Oh my goodness. Yes. And this is another pivotal person yeah. who is Rachel. Okay. And That's I said to Rachel one day, cause I really wanted to be promoted and she was believed in me so much and said, I said, well, I don't think I'm going to get promoted because I have a daughter. And she said, that's why you're going to get promoted. Yeah. She said that that's why everyone knows how hard you work it's and why how you badly the work you want ethic it. You had. Right. And I just got what a pivotal moment for me to hear that. Cause right. I thought that everyone kind of looked down, down on me. Right. Cause it's a shame. I right. was ashamed. And that's of, what had come with the pre associated with your pregnancy the mm -hmm. whole time. Oh, and then yeah. having a daughter, it was always this, um, tribulation that was against you a trial and tribute you know what yes. I mean? so yeah. it's like yeah it was always something people looked at negatively well and i just always thought i had to prove myself above and beyond yeah right and so yes yeah, so rachel and brad were absolutely incredible and to this day are such supporters and amazing amazing people and um so yes, so I did that, was able to get promoted at a different company, went to New York for a three month training program. Thank goodness it was during the summer while you were in school. So you were able to stay here in Spokane and with family and have a good time mm -hmm. with, and with grandma and grandpa with Sarah. And I went to New York and did that training program. And again, they were good to me because after that training program, you don't get to dictate what city you go to. It could have been anywhere in the country. And I said, I have to be back in Los Angeles because I have a daughter and we have, to, we have our life there now. And so they were very good to me to make sure that I got placed back in Los Angeles. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know they could have placed you anywhere. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was a program like that. Mm -hmm. So is that when, after you did that program, where did you go from there? What was your first job from there? So then it was called um, Interrep, where I went, which is, a, it's a rep firm for, you know, we represented, you know, over 200 radio stations across the country and did advertising sales for those stations. And so I started working at Interrep. There were several divisions within that company. And again, amazing people that were there that supported me. Who, again, I'm thinking of Andy Lipset, who's still today, this day again, is a um, such a strong mentor of mine as well. Yeah, that's so, such a common theme. I know it. it's cool to hear and recap in our podcast, but throughout your whole life, there's always been these pivotal people, mm -hmm. um, not just the opportunities, but the people that knew you were deserving yeah. of them. So it is interesting to look back and think that and now. so supportive of me too. Yeah. I'll, I'll just insert that too during this time while my mom is, it's going to work. I came, we moved to California when I was just about to start fifth grade. Yes. So that summer you were gone was right before fifth grade. 
or sixth right grade. Right before sixth. Sixth grade. So anyway, when my first year of fifth grade, we were able to meet a lot of really good people. And I met some mm. great family friends and friend groups and people that we are still friends with mm-hmm. today. Big shout out to Jerrion and Gary and Casey. Mm. Um, I Casey was one of my first friends there in California. And when my mom did that training program, talk about people that are willing to step in and help. But I stayed with my grandparents here. And then I actually ended up staying with Casey a to few more weeks. School. Yeah. Yeah. Because school was starting. That's yeah. right. And yeah. my mom wasn't back yet from that training program. And so all these different people, because they loved us and were willing to help us made it happen for my mom as well. But for me, there were really no kinks in how things went on. Like my mom was doing what she needed to do for her job. And I was going to school and playing sports and we had help and I had great people around me mm-hmm. um, and we still have all those people around today, but that's what I was doing. Yeah. Going to school. <laughs> and Gary and Jerry were like yes. over the top selfless, like so amazing to us. Yeah. And so. they took us in immediately mm-hmm. with no question. Mm-hmm. Still do. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's it. So that was the, the career track, right. Is, you know, being in radio. And then I came back to Los Angeles, started working and then met my next business mentor, Debbie, who is on our board for face it today and met her at an advertising agency. I was there for a meeting and she was in the lobby and we talked and exchanged business cards. And within two weeks, she called me because she had an opportunity at a magazine to come work for her there. And I didn't know how that world worked at all. And so was able to ask my, you know, Rachel, who I was working with, and, you know, if this was a good opportunity. And she said, yes, these jobs don't ever come up because people stay in them forever. And so thank goodness I met with Debbie and she saw something in me because I certainly didn't know how to interview for that job. Right. And so she hired me and I have been, so then I started my career in print advertising, which is now, you know, really transitioned into digital, of course, Mm -hmm. and the media landscape has changed so much, but that started my career working in publishing and working for some of the largest publishers in the world. And it's been amazing because I still um, have my hand in that world. And you still have all those people you've mentioned Mm -hmm. in your life and you still get called for opportunities because of who you are. Obviously you have all that to back you up now, your experience, but I think really that's what I take out of this too, mom, because I've always, everybody doesn't know about my career either, but that's kind of how it succeeded. And I excelled and succeeded Mm -hmm. was just from those relationships I built Mm -hmm. and how I treated people. I feel like that's what you went through too. I I remember feeling that way, like where I don't know if I could do this job and I just interviewed horribly and all this. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, that's cool for me to hear Mm because we're very similar in that way. Yeah. And I think it's good to talk about, you know, career path. And that could be, again, multiple episodes and And, you know, and since I've started my own business and started the nonprofit Mm -hmm. that we're working on. And um, so I think also it's important to note, and this was one of the questions that came up in really important part of our story is that I was desperately afraid that Amanda would repeat the cycle because of having a baby when she was a teenager and everyone planted that in my head, which I guess it's a good thing they did because I was like, 
there is, that's not happening. That mm -hmm. is not happening. And so I did everything I possibly could to deter her and to keep her so busy and in sports and active and in school that that would be the last thing on her mind. And I probably took it to such an extreme because for a while, Amanda said she never wanted to have yeah. children. <laughs> That's right. Funny. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I, I, as an adult now, I can absolutely reflect back on my, cause I would say my mom and I, we've always been really close. We've always had a ton of love between us. We had, as a teenager, mm -hmm. I had like one or two pretty bad years where, and it was really just, no, I was good still. Yeah. It was just one of those where I decided I wasn't telling my mom yes to everything anymore. And it was really, it was hard on both of us, but I can look back now and recognize why my mom was so strict. She was very strict. It was funny. People would think like, oh, cause you have a young mom. Does she let you do anything? It's a weird assumption that people make. And I'm like, well, if you look at it from the other side, she's not going to want me to do like make the same mistakes. So um, no, she was very strict and I was a good kid. You I were just, good. And yeah. Amanda used to tell me, she used to say, oh, my friends can do that because their parents are older and they let them do stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, normally it'd be the, the, opposite. the opposite. But in her mind, that's the way things went because they had older parents that they could do more stuff. Yeah, like I felt that is what my perspective was. I felt my mom was closer to my age, so I couldn't get away with as much, because, which was true. But it's because she was so engaged too. And like, yeah, and just very strict. And I get it now, worried. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think from my perspective, no matter what she did, because she was so open about her situation with me and I knew the background a little bit, I, I was scared to make the same mistake mm -hmm. anyway, you know, mm -hmm. no matter if you were that strict or not. But mm -hmm. who knows? And um, now you would like to have one child, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I've thought about that now. I definitely still do think if it's not a possibility for me, uh, I am okay with that, but I, I don't want to miss out on the feeling of having a child if it's possible. I just, the feeling people say um, when they have a child, I don't want to miss that. Mm. Yeah. That love. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm trying to think, I want to ask you then, mom, just so we get these out of the way, because we always ask these on our podcast too. And yeah, we can go all different directions with this. Uh, first, I want to ask you, what is one thing you would say to inspire hope and motivation in others um, to make people hopeful if they are going through a similar situation? That's a good question. <laughs> Um, I guess I always come back to, and I do say this to everyone and it sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's like, you can really do whatever you want. I don't care what you have stacked against you. And I think people like to use excuses. Well, and even tell me like, well, no, I can't do this because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, really? Why? You can do whatever you want. Yes. And okay. I find it funny just when people say that stuff to my mom too. Yeah. Cause she's the last person. It's like, she already knows what kind of the deck stacked against you is like. Mm -hmm. And um, 
she didn't make excuses. So it's really hard for you to hear people do that. Well, it's just so surprising. And I do, you know, take people, everyone has their own story and their own path and what they're meant to do in this world. So I understand it, but it's like, truly you can, you can make whatever you want your choice. It's really just our own fear that typically would hold us back. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And you've always made me feel that way too. My mom's always told me, even in my career, when I ask for things, whatever, it's like, what's the worst people can say is no. But if you don't ask for what you think you deserve and don't push for it, you'll never get it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, you've definitely showed me that Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, And then I also wanted to ask you, like they've heard us ask our other guests, if your 15 year old self asked you today, what do I do? What is the number one thing you'd want them to know? My instinct just now was ask for help. That's so, yeah, I I would, I think at 15, for some reason, I thought I should know everything. So I didn't ask a lot because I thought, oh my God, I should already know all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, why should I have known everything? I put a lot of pressure on myself. You should not have. And even having to make, like you talked about having to make everyone happy. Mm, I think that's part of it. Yeah. You were forced to be an adult few years before that already Mm -hmm. before you were 15 but to ask for help because people do want to help and I would also have told my wish I could tell myself and I do now in my you know practices and meditations and all Mm -hmm. that like you are worthy you are beautiful you are smart you are capable you can do again you could do anything you want yeah and you just have to believe that yeah it is really hard when you're younger. It is. It definitely is. And we, Amanda and I talk about that a lot. Life can seem very hard and daunting. And I was just met with a wonderful woman for coffee this morning. And we were talking about that. Even as adults, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Life is hard. But you take yeah. one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, and keep moving forward. Well, I think that's partly well, what we can really end on to my mom and I, what we're doing now, and we're still, we're still really close. We're like best friends. I think as I become older, we've been more open with each mm-hmm. other and just understanding each other and our differences. Cause we have a lot of differences mm-hmm. too. And it's just about understanding and how we can help each other with the strengths that we have. Uh, but we really have made all of that come together in a very good way i feel like just Mm -hmm. everything we've gone through and things we've experienced and now communicating with each other and respecting what each of Mm -hmm. us have experienced and gone through and for our listeners we won't drag this on longer longer but i'll just tell you now where i'm at and my mom can tell you where Mm -hmm. she's at and then we can end from there so as i mentioned i'm 34 years old i did go to high school in california played sports did all that did a little bit of college when i was um, 24 i moved back home to spokane i had an opportunity my boyfriend at the time worked for a company and they were building a new one here in Spokane. So we moved for me to be back with my family um, about 11 years ago. And I've been back home in the Pacific Northwest ever since. I currently still live in Spokane, in Spokane Valley. And I live with my fiance and my dog. I just recently, I was in um, corporate America for about eight to 10 years. Um, when I came to Spokane, I was working for a nonprofit. I got lucky to work for them and just kind of, um, moved positions by word of mouth, ended up at Wells Fargo in their commercial banking department. 
um, for about eight years. And just about a month ago, I decided to leave and, and pursue what my mom and I are doing here for all of you full time. And I'm so enjoying it. It is something that's much more fulfilling for me and um, something that I just it called me to do. And I've been telling myself I wanted to do something more fulfilling for a long time. So I'm so excited to be here with you. That's my story. I'll let my mom share where she's at now. Yes. And you really helping focus on the nonprofit is huge and going to be so helpful. And with all the experience you bring to the table is such a great compliment um, to my experience. And so, yes, I have my own company and take on media clients instead of working for them. That's what I've been doing most recently over the past four years and launched our nonprofit and um, continuing to do purpose-driven work is what's really important to me. And of course, living, right? We still have to earn an income. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's important to me though, to bring on clients that are like-minded and that we trust each other and admire each other's work and that uh, it makes sense and is you know a good fit for both of us. So really that's what I'm doing. I made my way up to the Pacific Northwest during COVID and mm-hmm. um, making my base here and we'll travel and be back and forth in LA and New York and wherever that may be. So I'm sure there's a lot, Amanda, that we have left out and I've heard from a lot of people and I know there's like so many more questions. So we'll um, have to do some sort of follow-up or Q&A later or you know, we plan to extend our brand and have some panel conversations. So I think it'll fit in nicely, but it's been really great to hear the feedback and to get questions. I think so too. Yes, I'm excited. We'll do a little bit of follow-up. I think we covered a lot of it, but it's, as you can tell, a loaded story in a very short period of time. So we did our best to to sum it up, um, to add to what my mom's doing now, though. It's so cool for me and was such a motivation for me because she has built a life that she truly has wanted off of her hard work from her whole life. And I think quickly, mom, I will say, so my mom, when I moved back to Spokane, lived in New York for a little bit, lived (laughs) in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. She's definitely a big city girl. We're happy to have her home. And it's cool that she's made her home base here and can still travel. And then I have the influence of her being here and being able to work with her. So yes, yes. Send us your questions and we'll be more than happy to share more. Yes. And I think that the way I tend to speak about our life, because this has come up, I, I can skip over so many details because I'm not thinking of those small little details. So I don't mean to intentionally do that. So I hope mm-hmm. that, you know, the story still resonates and is clear. And uh, again, it's not intentional. So we, like Amanda said, you know, any questions are welcome. Yes, we're open. We, I think we started this whole podcast, mom, and that really summarizes it for her and I is that to her and I, it was a totally normal journey. So we did try to share everything that maybe um, society would think was outside of the norm, but yeah, to us, it's normal. So we're just telling our story. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us and for listening to this episode. Please share with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe. We're looking forward to the next episode and we'll talk to you soon.